podcast. This is Zach. This is Greg. We're going to be talking about four different sports topics today. Number one, we're going to be talking about the Toronto Raptors missing the postseason. We'll preview the Montreal Canadiens-Toronto Maple Leafs series. And after that, we'll hit on the Champions League finals, uh, Manchester City versus Chelsea. And after we'll talk about Euro 2020 Group A action. So here we go. All right, so let's get right into this. Toronto Raptors missing the postseason for the first time in in eight years. In eight years. Listen, we were always that one team that which we had playoff berth. We clinched the playoffs. We got eliminated either first round or the second round. We always faced LeBron James. Mm-hmm. He was the king of the East. Mm-hmm. And Regularly winning the conference. Exactly, regularly winning the conference as well. And after disappointments again throughout po- year after year. But uh, then after, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh my God, I just blanked out his name. Zay uh, Jury. Yeah. He uh, he pulled the trigger. He pulled the fr- biggest trade in franchise history, trading Demar Derozan, a local hero, by the way, uh, to uh, the Clippers for in return uh, Kawhi Leonard. And after that turned out to just success and gold for that one year. And after Kawhi left us the year after, and. It's our first postseason, yeah. no postseason. Yeah. They didn't completely fall off the year after Kawhi had had left to go to play for the Clippers. I think they were still on that that hype after the championship. Everybody was still in form. You had guys like Siakam, Van Vliet still adding layers to their game. Norman Powell. Norman Powell. You had Nick Nurse, who was uh, running the show there and who's proven to be one of the best uh coaches in the league and what did you expect this year did you expect continuity did you expect them to push even harder for the the conference in the east this year and and don't forget these guys were playing in tampa and without their families without their friends and all that fun stuff without their lifestyle they're not they're not like it's it's great to live in tampa the the weather's good and everything but it ain't the same about living at home and playing in front of your fans and everything yeah you lose that home that home court and that home city advantage. It's like you're playing, well, to me at least, it's like you're playing an away game for every game of the season. Like you said, you're away from your family, so you're away from your, your comfort zone. And it's, and I think it takes a toll on you mentally. Uh, they, came, they came out uh, off the, out of the gate. They came out really weak this year. Yeah. And it showed that they weren't in Toronto. I could agree with that. Like, uh, I have nothing gains to say about that. But hopefully, uh, we rebound next summer, uh, next fall, and uh, get an early start. Hopefully, we're playing in in Toronto and we get our fans back. And like, whenever we play in Toronto, you have the whole country behind your back, not uh, not one only only one city. You know That's I mean? it. We the north, north of the border. That's it. So let's go off to our second topic, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs. The preview of the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the first time since 1979 that we're playing in a playoff series. What are your thoughts, Zach? I think this is exciting. Not only has the whole North Division concept been it's exciting this this uh, this whole year, but I think this finally see rivalries like long-lasting rivalries like the Can- Canadians and Maple Leafs that have had battles in recent memory. As you said, only in the regular season. Because you're two teams that are are two rivaling c- cities, 
not just in sports, but in terms of their culture. Um, they have a long history of battling out back, battling out back in the 60s and 70s especially. And now it's going to be finally a repeat of all of that, and I can't wait. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, we've never experienced anything like this, being so young and everything. But uh, we, we've been spoiled with the Montreal and the Bruins series year after year after year, and Ottawa as well. But uh, it was always, if Toronto was good in the last couple of years, Montreal had, had a terrible season, didn't make the postseason. And it was vice versa in the early 2000s. So it's exciting. Both teams are young. They both finished their re- their so-called rebuilding phase, or Montreal's, Montreal's weird. They're in a rebuild phase, but yet again, they have key players such as Price, Gallagher, and Shea Weber. So mm-hmm. the time is now for them. Yeah. Well, the time is now for Bergevin, his whole run as general manager. This is this season, in many ways, is his last shot. Yeah. He he made the big free agents uh, acquisitions last summer, notably Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson, Joel Edmondson. Yeah, and Jake Allen too. Like he's yeah, play, he's played his role. Mm-hmm. So they've accepted the core that they have, which is like you said, a core of Price, Weber, all players who are aging, or a player like Gallagher who might. Be a couple of injuries away from not playing again. I always hope for the best for him. I love him as a player. He's the heart and soul of the the team. But they said, listen, this is our core. They'll only be good for X number of years now. Let, let's build a team around it, around them. And that's what, exactly what they did. And well, Toronto is the, the complete opposite of that. They still have their their core is still very young. But they're in a different phase in the sense that they have uh, they have pressure to not only win the cup, but they have pressure to at least get out of the first round because that's something that they haven't done since tw- 2004, actually. Yeah, like we saw the Columbus series where, which shocked Toronto out last year, and I think Montreal has maybe the experience over them, but yet again, Toronto has superstars on the other side. Like their forward list is disgustingly good. Yeah. And then after you have Montreal, which worries me, is Dano actually out day-to-day for concussion? It, does Joy have uh, it, uh, health issues or mental issues that he's facing right now? Is Gallagher going to come be right, get back on time and be healthy to play in the playoffs in the first round? Is Carey Price day-to-day? It's been over a month right now. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen him. Um, there's Shea Weber that we haven't seen. Uh, who else? I think there's one more I'm missing out of my head, but like, uh, that's the only thing that's worrying me about the Montreal Canadiens: the 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 health status on these key players. Yeah, they haven't played in in quite some time now. It feels like at least uh, for the most part of them, it's it's been ten games that we haven't seen them in the lineup, and they won't even uh, well, they did not have a chance to finish off the regular season by getting on on the ice and getting some real playing time. But the only advantage is, is that we saw Cole Caulfield now, and he scored t- again today, like during the afternoon. We had an early game here. Uh, four goals in t- 10 matches. Yeah. And hopefully that adds to the fuel during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's a threat, maybe on the second or third line, on a healthy roster team. And I hope I hope this team goes... If they beat Toronto, they, they have a good chance of facing Winnipeg or... Winnipeg or uh, Edmonton, but yet again, we haven't faced the other side of the league, so we don't know how 
we're gonna face. But yet again, it's the playoffs. Anything could happen. Yeah, I definitely think Cole Caulfield could be the the X factor in this one, and I think they're gonna re- rely on him to play the role that Jonathan Drouin left off by taking a leave for personal reasons. We don't know. Like you said, we don't know what it is. We don't know if it's mental. We don't know what's going on in his personal life, etc. But Caulfield is going to – he's got a great opportunity to come in, play some real minutes, and he's going to get great experience in, this, in, in the playoffs as his first year as a pro. And uh, I'd like to know what your predictions are for this series. This series definitely definitely hit six or seven games. I think uh, Toronto's going to grab a lead. Montreal's going to catch up. And somehow Montreal's... Listen, I'm going to say this as a homer, as a Montreal fan. I'm going to say Montreal in six. But I have a stupid feeling Toronto's going to win in seven. And it's going to be another disappointing season as a Habs fan. And and, uh, just living in the city that we're going to get eliminated another time. Very early. Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't see this game, this series, going more than than six games. I de- six games, I definitely don't see it going the distance like you mentioned. And I think it's in Toronto's favor. I think they're very desperate, as the Canadians are, but they're, they, in my opinion, they did all the right things. Cal Dubas, especially since last offseason, acquiring guys who are – good veterans who are who are good leaders and we're going to be playing uh bottom six minutes but i think uh those guys are going to add the depth and the experience and the playoff ability that this team was was definitely lacking in the last couple of years and then they had a guy like nick felino in at the trade deadline and he's um he's just one of those guys he's proven that he could perform in the playoffs he scored big goals for Columbus and previously with Ottawa in uh, in the postseason, and he's just uh, he's another piece to their their Stanley Cup puzzle in my opinion. And I think I see them going through the Canadians and probably having a good chance of being uh, at least in that s- semifinal contention this year. I ag- I agree with you. They have a uh, Jack Campbell's hot. Our goalies. <coughs> Sorry about that. Our goalies uh, were using Jake Allen night after night, back-to-back games, and like he's getting abused. Is Carey Price healthy? We don't know. But yet again, we don't know if it's a strategy move from Mark Bergevin and the coaching staff in maybe resting everybody whether and all our players, all our star players. So we we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Maybe it's going to turn our, into our luck, or maybe we're just going to get outplayed since the fact that there's no chemistry in the last couple of games. Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair assessment. And um, talking about Toronto's goaltending, I think it's a Jack Campbell's been playing really well, but I think they're um, they're kind of in a weird spot right now. They have Freddie Anderson who just came back, who came back a game ago, and um, is he a hundred percent? Is he ready to go? Is he ready to go to war in, in the playoffs? Did they add, did they rush him to get him back for the playoffs, or is he legitimately ready? And if he's ready, um, does he have as many games in his under his belt as he would like going into the playoffs? So I know he played this one time, and uh, this one time two nights ago, and he's playing again tonight against 
Ottawa currently as we speak to wrap up the regular season. But I don't know. It um, it could play a factor in the series. And what if Price Carey Price comes back and he's the Carey Price of old? And it's, and uh, just look more recently, last year in the in the playing round and in that first series against the the Flyers, he was phenomenal. He looked like the old Price. Exactly, and that's what you want. From, that's what you want from your goaltender. And like if you go back to a few years back. Uh, when Pittsburgh won that back-to-back uh, cups, you had Fleury and you had Matt Murray. Just ride the wave. Whoever's hot is hot. Don't question uh, the backup or the starter. Whoever is hot, ride them out through the series and throughout the whole playoffs. If Campbell's your n- number one, Campbell's your number one. If Price is your number one, Price is your number one. And it should end just there. Yeah. And so to finish off on this topic, um, kind of what, what I was going for earlier is if Montreal have get above average goaltending in this series from Price and let's say let's say Allen starts it off and Price comes in and he gets uh, he gets two or three games, no matter the situation. If Montreal gets above average goaltending and Toronto gets below average goaltending, do you think that is the gateway for Montreal winning this series convincingly? That plus the experience. Hopefully, everything everybody comes back. You're going to have experience on the blue line. You're going to have experience in the front. Acquiring Eric Stahl, having Shea Weber on your back end. Um, then after you have Tyler Toffoli, who's won two cups also, you know what I mean? And Corey Perry. You added players who've won already. So that's going to help the Montreal Canadiens if Toronto struggles in goal. But overall, I think Montreal has a better defensive core than Toronto. But yet again, Toronto's offense is a lot stronger than ours. And their top six role is, like, disgustingly good. Uh, Jason Spetz is proving everybody wrong, honestly. Uh, I thought it was – I thought it was – he had to hang his skates last summer. But he's proving everybody wrong right now. Uh, Wade Simmons done his role. So is Joel Thornton. So their bottom six is not that bad. But if we're to compare bottom sixes – Ours is better, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're in the top six or in the bottom six. If you put the puck in the net and you score and you win the games, that's all that counts. Yeah, you made a good point. These teams definitely don't lack playoff experience and, and the playoff uh, resume. Def- they definitely don't. And another thing, um, for the Canadians, this is a team that started off fantastic. They were... 12, 6, and 2, if I believe, to start off the year. And ever since, they've been just below 500. This is not the same team that started off the year. Their current record doesn't represent who they are right now as a team. And um, I just, I don't see it. I know, personally, even with above-average goaltending, I still see it uh, being Toronto series. Yeah, and don't forget, there's also the coaching change that we went through early on in the season. We fired uh, Claude Julien after we hired assistant coach Dominic Ducharme to be the intern head coach. Um, then after we brought up from Laval, Alex Burroughs replacing his job on, as the assistant. But uh, so far, they've done a decent job. Burroughs did help on the special team. So maybe potentially we have Burroughs with Ducharme on the bench as assistants moving forward and then after I'd love to see Joel Bouchard come up getting called up 
is from Laval Rocket. This guy is phenomenal. Uh, you see all the numbers the boys have been playing, uh, the numbers the boys been uh, putting up in the league. You're talking about Jordan Wheel. You're talking about Ryan Paley. You're talking about Yolanin. Uh, the defense playing well. Caden Primo had outstanding numbers before getting called up. The the team had structure and like they they won every game and like now there's no postseason in the AHL but they did win the division and they're practically the best team in the A for the first time ever. All right, so we'll move on to our next topic now, and these well these two next topics we'll be talking exclusively of uh, of soccer, calcio. Football, you name it, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it, it's uh, we'll be talking about the, the lovely sport of football, the sport that brings the whole world together at least every four years. Every four years, or every second year, we're regarding uh, the Euro Cup, or every third year, we're regarding the Copa America. But uh, so today's topic, the first one we're talking about is the Champions League final, the maybe the biggest game in club in club soccer, club football, uh, between Chelsea and Manchester City. Yet again, another all-England final. Um, and this is Manchester City's first time ever in history where they make the play, they make the final. I, I think Pep Guardiola really needs this. If not, like, he's he's going to be tanked. Like, even though he had an outstanding year, he almost won all the... He almost had all the, the trophies this year. But... Yeah. but he he has the team. He has a squad. You're playing a team that you're playing a club such as Chelsea, who you're so familiar in in the Premier League. There should be no reason why you can't you don't have a chance to win. But yet again, it's Chelsea. Chelsea has the history. Chelsea has the players as well. Chelsea had a very good year as well in the Premier League. Um, it all depends how the structure and the the way of game plan he has up his sleeves. For, and they just recently, and Chelsea had just recently beat them in the Premier League one 0 the other night. Yeah. So let's break it down. Since Guardiola is hiring, so since his hiring, he's had the luxury of of being able to spend 1.7 billion in the transfer market, and this is over three um, now maybe four seasons at Manchester City, and signing Pep Guardiola initially to the club. This was this was saying we want to win the Champions League. Yeah. They had won the league before. You remember that um, that emotional Aguero goal back in 2011 with uh, Roberto Mancini, the 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 first Manchester City to, team to win the title, and they did it again. Um, it's the seventh time. Today. Yeah, exactly. No. They did it again in in 2013, 2014, and now they've been now they've done it twice under Guardiola. Guardiola, and it's going to be a third time this year, but the the Champions League trophy, it still eludes them, and it still eludes Guardiola, who wants to add that to his resume. That's the that's the only trophy missing in the Manchester City cabinet, even though they're fairly new in or being one of the powerhouses in Europe. Um, we all know this is all money coming not from the club's history; it's coming from from elsewhere. But yet again, uh, we it. They have a great club. They have a great team, great team spirit. It's uh, also Sergio Aguero, who's been practically the best ever City player, you could say. 
uh, it could be his last game that that game so yeah. he he definitely wants to add that to his resume before leaving uh, and the top, Eddie had and the top goal scorer in Premier League history now exactly so he's arguably probably the best to play the one of the top three five strikers in the Premier League yeah so I'll start off by giving my prediction on this game go for it Chelsea all the way go Blues I they play fast. They're effective. Thomas Tuchel has made the Champions League finals before, and just a year ago with PSG, he's been here before. He's gonna recorrect the mistakes he made against the finals last year against Bayern. Probably an unstoppable Bayern team, but PSG lacked that final clinicalness in that game. They missed so many chances. I think this year he corrects the mistakes. They ride on a player like N'Golo Kante, who's a transcending midfielder, who gets the job done defensively, who's, who's under the coach's eye tactically, who's amazing in transition, and who's got stamina to play the whole game. And not only that, but is their final third dangerous. They have speed, they have technique, and they have skill. And I just think it's going to be too much for Man City to handle. Uh, honestly, I'm with you, Zach, on this one. Um, the the Blues have been there. They've done it. The, the, the club knows how to get there and do it. And now they have also an FA Cup final coming up. So if they win that, they're going to have that winning mentality of winning a trophy. And they're going to say, this is not what we want. This We want the other one. We want the Champions League final. And being as a United fan, Manchester United fan, uh, I don't want to see City win. You don't want you don't want to see your rival win, your uh, the Derby rival win exactly. So it's gonna be an interesting game. It's two Premier League clubs, like you said. Tuchel's been there; he's done it. He he wants to correct his mistakes. He also coached a few. He managed a few players uh, outside of Chelsea before bringing them in here. So I think he's going to tweak his tools and potentially pull the bike, uh, the rabbit out of the hat and win the Champions League. And I think the key, most key player, like you said, N'Golo Kante, Chelsea's midfield is going to be very key in, in this game. N'Golo Kante is going to be very key. Very underratedly, Jorginho is going to be one of the, the key players for Chelsea. And super sub, Olivier Giroud, I think is going to be the difference maker in this one. I think that's definitely fair. For me, the difference maker is going to be Mason Mount. Get out of here, man. Mason Mount, he's been doing it all year. It's Mason Mount, it's N'Golo Kante, it's, it's Mendy and Nets. I don't know if you watched the, the tie against uh, Real Madrid, but Mendy, Mendy made two incredible saves in the second leg. Two... I know Chelsea had their chances that they could have buried. It could have easily been a a, a four-goal scoring game for Chelsea, but Mendy kept it in it. Kept them in it. He's a keeper that could get you all the way to the finish line. He's an he's an acrobat, and against Real Madrid, he made a fantastic stop on Modric, and he made another one on on Benzema with a turning with a turning thrust body shot to the right corner from the, le- uh, the, le- the left uh, point of the outside of the box. So 
those are those are my guys and um it's really gonna take uh, a phenomenal team effort from man city to, to stop these guys so my my score prediction is gonna be 2-1 chelsea in out of time and like i said olivier Giroud, extra time he's gonna win it for them what about you zach I say 3-1 Chelsea. 3-1. Yeah. So I'm saying Mares is going to get one early on for Manchester City. I think Chelsea are going to get two in the first half. I think that first half is going to be open. It's going to be electric. I think so it's two for Chelsea. I see one for Mason Mount. I see one for Timo Werner. And then in the second half, I think Timo Werner gets his second. So that's my prediction. I agree with I like your prediction, but Team Overmer has been a bust so far this year, so I don't agree on that one. Anyway, let's talk about international football now. We're going to be hitting, uh, talking about the Euro 2020. So today we're going to be talking about the Group A action. Like we said, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the new uh, format, which we had previous Euro Cup. No, Not only the first two teams, the first two clubs make the... The first two nations make the next round to the round of 16, but we do have the third seeded sometimes, aka cough cough, uh, Portugal, who uh, ended up finishing third group in their seed uh, back in 2016 and then ended up winning the whole thing after. So uh, let's break this down. So we have Italy, Turkey, Wales, Switzerland. In my opinion, the obvious is Italy winning this either with a two wins and a draw or th- either three out of three wins in this group. The second the second place team I have in in this is Turkey. We've seen outstanding scores in the last couple months within the last like calendar year, beating France, tying France, uh, beating the Netherlands. So they're one team to watch out. As all their play, most of their players play outside of Turkey. Uh, then after I have third seeded potentially cracking the knockout knockout stage. Not sure, but Switzerland over, and then after Wales finishing last, and Gareth Bale can't do it on his own, and he ain't the same Gareth Bale we had in 2016. Your thoughts on it, Zach? All right, so I'll start from the top. Italy's winning this group. Yeah. They're going to win all three games. I think the op- the inaugural game, June 11th against Turkey, they're going to win. And the game will be played in Italy. They will be winning in convincing fashion. The tournament's no longer throughout Europe. It's in England right now. So Italy ain't the host. We're not cutting that out. <laughs> That's going to get cut out, but... <laughs> But Italy, Italy is gonna win this this group definitely. I think uh, they're a nation due to their m- most recent international performances that are haven't been put on the pedestal that they once were on. I think they're playing with house money um, this tournament due to the fact that they haven't had the most r- recent success, not qualifying for the for the World Cup in Russia that was completely embarrassing for the nation. It was the first time in over 80 years that they hadn't qualified for a World Cup. And um, I think they they now reinvigorated their football program. 
they got the right manager, a guy in Mancini, who's going to put his trust in the younger players. They have an, this nice golden generation of youth coming along, uh, coming in the ranks. They have guys like Moishkin at striker. You got Locatelli, Barella in the midfield. You got Bastoni, Bastoni from Inter. You got Donnarumma, who's arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world, who's going to be uh, in between the pipes. And um, I just I think it's uh, there's there's not going to be a lot of pressure. Well, there is pressure because they're Italy, but I think um, they're just going to prove a lot of people wrong in this one. And for the rest of the group, I'll go number two. I'll go S- Switzerland. Um, I won't uh, go with the same selection you made by saying Turkey as your number two pick. I go Switzerland because they've have had a track record of doing it in big tournaments at the Russian World Cup. They had qualified for the round of 16, the World Cup before that. They also qualified for the elimination round, so they know how to get it done. Their system is a system that's sustainable, that would only get that will only get you uh, so far, but they play as a tight-knit group. And um, no matter the personnel they have, it could be a revolving door of personnel. They'll always keep the, their same traditions, and it works for them to a certain extent. So I see them being number two, number three. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Turkey. This is a team where there's a lot of unknown, like you said. Most and most of the players don't actually play in Turkey, and but they're exciting. Um, and I put them ahead of Wales due to the fact I think we Wales are just. They're they're kicking for life. They're kicking for life. Gareth Bale is uh, is not the same Gareth Bale we saw in in, uh, in twenty sixteen in the Euros. Aaron Ramsey didn't have a great year for for Juventus, and he's been injury plagued more than ever. And around that, they just they they lack the talent. I think they have the fourth best talent gr- group and uh, talent pool in this entire group, and I think it's going to really show. Yeah. So. That we get it that the fact that you're Italian, that's why you spoke so much about Italy and so passionate about their whole players and everything. But uh, yeah, we both agree that uh, first and fourth are going to be Italy and then last being Wales. It's all going to depend how Switzerland performs versus Turkey and how vice versa, how Turkey plays versus Switzerland and how they play versus the other team, which is Italy. If they could knock off a point, that'd be like it would feel like a victory for them. But uh yeah, excited to talk about more Euro next next podcast. Uh we'll be trying to air one or two episodes a week. Uh we'll, we're just starting now, so we don't have uh, our Instagram pages yet or any uh social media pages yet, but uh we'll be cracking that down uh, very soon. Yeah, so we'll be back uh, as early as next week. We'll break it down for the the rest of the groups l- leading our way towards the Euro. So we'll do one group per episode. We'll mix it in with uh, different sports topics. We like we love talking about hockey. We'll be talking about the NFL. We got a sp- we have a special analyst specifically for NFL topics. The Don. The Don. That's all you need to hear. That's it. You don't talk about him. When he's off the set, you don't find them. And uh, we like talking basketball. And uh, 
those are two, those are our main sports, but we could talk about a lot of different uh, things. Possibilities are endless, and like like you said, we don't have our social medias uh, up and running yet. But once we do, we'll, we're welcome to suggestions from you guys. And uh, thanks thanks for listening. That's a wrap.